LeBron wants Melo on the Lakers. No! <laughs> and we dribble it, yeah, yeah. And we dribble it, yeah, yeah. And we dribble it, yeah. We put some shots up and we dribble it. For Ball We Know, episode 29, we're here. It's Nate. It's Ahop. And we're recording on Thursday, December 6th. Um, happy birthday, Giannis Attenacumbo. And happy belated to yourself, Ahop. Hey, well, thank you. You know, it's only slightly soul-crushing that Giannis is younger than me. Only a little bit. Uh, there's definitely younger players that make a lot more money than both of us combined already, though, <laughs> in the league. It's the fact that he's exactly one day younger than me. Oh, he is? I didn't know this. Yeah, it's his birthday today. He's one day younger than me. Well, now the whole world knows your birthday. Yay. <laughs> no, they don't. Like, unless, unless they can't A handful. Math. Hey. They got bigger know. problems if they can't figure out what yesterday was. But I did just say the date because I remembered. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to this week. Um, some, some interesting stuff going on in the NBA that we'll uh, get to in a, in a moment, but we'll start off with the, for ball, we know kicks of the week. Uh, so if you will take this journey with us into the description of the podcast that you're currently listening to and, uh, copying and pasting that link, or if it's clickable, clicking that Twitter link and come check out Montrez Harrell's awesome kicks. Welcome to the good burger home of the good burger. May I take your order? Yeah. So when was this movie? Like the early nineties, mid nineties, long time ago, either way, dope movie. And he has Keenan and Cow's picture on the side of his shoes. 97. Okay. Late nineties. And the crazy thing about this is he's rocking like Jordan. What are those? Jordan 12s. Jordan 12s, and he customized them for Good Burger once. Like, yeah. Like, I thought they'd just be, like, some generic, like, hyper dunks or something. But no, he's like, I'm going to go full out with, like, a $200 pair of shoes and then customize them with Good Burger. Yeah, thug life. <laughs> so, yeah, one side, the left shoe says, has their picture with a burger next to it. Oh, it looks like I'm incorrect. I think they did 13s. Ah, uh, well... There you go. There you have it. I'm not a sneakerhead like that. Yeah, I was hoping the the Twitter post would tell us, but it didn't. No. And then the right shoe, it just says Good Burger on it. And then the rest is paint splatter, which is dope in its own way. You know, Rotten Tomatoes just lost all clout in my book. They gave Good Burger a 32%. <laughs> Whack. Obviously, whoever. Well, I guess it's the people that give that review, huh? That's a classic. Man, millennials be letting me down. <laughs> we be letting ourselves down, you mean? Well, yeah, but other ones. Obviously, we know that's like at least a 90%. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a bit high, but yeah, I feel. Uh, moving forward to some basketball news, not burger news. Uh, there were some, some pretty good games this past week that we're going to We'll go through real quick. Uh, first off, Ahab, you want to talk about this one? Yeah, um, this was a game we mentioned some last week that people were touting as a, quote, potential finals matchup, regardless of it being late November. This was the Raptors and Golden State. 
Raptors won this one in overtime, 131 to 128. This and is the last game. Go ahead. I was going to say this was on Thursday of last week. Thursday of last week, yeah. This was the last game that Steph was out. Um, and KD tried to carry him, but he weak, and he couldn't do it. Uh, he had 51, <laughs> 11, and 6, which is quite the line. Uh, Clay added 23 and Drebko 20, which is kind of out of the blue. Um it's impressive for KD dropping 51, I'm sure, with Kawhi on him for large portions of the game. Just goes to show how that guy can score when he decides that he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi on the other side had 37, 8, and 3. And Kyle Lowry had a near triple-double with 10, 8, and 12. So as much as people want to really make something out of this, um, it's going to be very different come postseason time if we do end up seeing these two teams in the finals. But nevertheless... You know, if it's anything like this, it's a good omen. Good game. I've noticed. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to it, but the games I've noticed that Kyle Kyle Lowry's been playing really well this season. He has been, and usually he is a has been. So, like the the fact that, in my opinion, anyway, like I feel like he was always such a large number two, even number three, when Demar was on the team, and he just wasn't. He would try to do too much, and now I don't know, maybe. Him and Kawhi are just a match made in heaven, and now they're just like synced up because he's obviously like that game. He had ten points. He wasn't going out trying to drop thirty on him, which I think he largely would do a lot when Demar was on the team. But to add well, to add to like what I was saying though is like I feel like Kawhi he can shoot the three ball, and that's what Demar couldn't do at all. So maybe Lowry felt a little more pressure to shoot. Of course, yeah. And now that I think kinda... it takes a lot of pressure off him. Mm-hmm. So he's had games where this season he's gone like six or seven from deep, but I feel like he just hasn't been forcing it as much. He hasn't been shooting the three well this year, though, in comparison to his past seasons. Mm. He was ho- hovering around 40% for the last few years. He's only shooting 34% this year. Um, and after this Warriors game, he missed a game, and then he's gone one for six and one for seven. So it's been a, a rough patch for him, but I definitely agree he – he seems to be a different player playing opposite Kawhi than he was with DeMar. Mm-hmm. I do think there's less pressure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring up this next one, but you go ahead because this is your guy right here. Um, yeah, this was another <laughs> overtime close game. On Saturday. On Saturday, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Knicks managed to outlast the Bucks, 136 to 134. Um there were four guys in the 20s points-wise for the Knicks, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Emmanuel Moudier had 28. Kevin Knox, career-high 26. Dotson and Hardaway, 21 each. Um, and then on the Bucks side, Giannis, who is an absolute machine, uh, at 33, 19 rebounds and seven assists. Um, <laughs> Bledsoe pitched in 27, 5, and 7, and Malcolm Brogdon had 22. Um, it's pretty incredible to me the rebounding numbers that Giannis has been having this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's absolutely just exploded on that front compared to previous seasons in his career. Um, yeah. He averaged 10 boards a game last year. Before that, he was 8.8, 7.7, 6.7, 4.4. So those numbers have just steadily increased, but he's averaging 13 a game this year. Um, wow. And these other two guys who stepped up, Bledsoe and Brogdon, are definitely guys who are going to need to score for the Bucks to continue to be successful. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't expect the Knicks to uh, to go to the wire with them like that, but 
it's been a bit of a rough patch. I think these last several games for for Milwaukee after that really hot start. Right. Cool. Yeah, I was surprised to see the Knicks uh, beat them. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They are one of the best teams in the NBA right now. So maybe that means the Knicks are too. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bucks are still sitting at sixteen and seven, so it's not like they're playing poorly by any means. But no, nah, anybody can win on any given night in the NBA. Very true. So, especially in the regular season, postseason not so much. Uh, moving on, Monday, December third, the Clippers continued their su- surprising like run. Basically, uh, they beat the Pelicans one hundred twenty nine to one hundred twenty six. That's a very high score I gave that ended in regular. <laughs> I don't think in regulation. regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Clippers moved to 16 and seven. Like what? They're now 16 and eight. Oh, did they lose tonight? Or today? Yeah. Okay. 16 and eight. And the Pelicans fall to 12 and 13. So if you would have asked me who had those records at the beginning of the season, I definitely would have had that flipped. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Tobias Harris has been a huge reason for that this guy might win it most improved player of the year honestly um he dropped 27 and then lou will of course added 20 off the bench like i'm lou will just signed the new deal uh-huh and on the other side julius randall had 37 i think that's one of his biggest games since uh being traded right or signing no signing free agency uh with the pelicans mm-hmm. and then Drew Holiday added 32 and 14, while AD had just 23 and 13, which for him is uh, a slow night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But, you know, there's only one ball. So when Randall's scoring 37, it's hard for AD to also score 30 something. When you mentioned Julius Randall just coming to the Pelicans, we talked about him earlier that he was going to be big for them. He's been a monster. Their next game after this, he had 27 and 18 boards. So I feel like we're not seeing some of those same big numbers from Anthony Davis just because Randall is playing so well. Yeah, I mean, like I've or we've said at the beginning of the year that like this guy has so much talent and L.A. just wasn't right for him. And it's proving that right now. So chalk another W up for for ball. We know (laughs) (laughs) dub after dub after dub. That's all we do is we take dubs. Y'all take L's, but we take dubs. (laughs) <laughs> it's harsh that no, be our, if you're listening you got dubs too that's true that should be our show motto we take dubs everybody else takes l's <laughs> uh moving forward with another surprising game uh this happened actually yesterday december 5th um the thunder beat the nets 114 112 and i say surprising because uh two reasons one it's the nets you should probably beat them by more than two <laughs> especially when their guy uh, about a billion <laughs> when what's his face broke his leg oh i can't remember, believe i forgot his name already i feel so bad karis karis there we go come on g based on it that's your homie right I there know, i already forgot about him rip karis hope to see you back soon and then secondly they were down 25 points going into the fourth quarter <laughs> so uh we'll get to that in a second uh we'll drop the stat line real quick uh, PG 13 had 47, 15, and four. That's right. 47 NBD. And then Russ added 21, 15 and seven. Also no big deal. 
Um, and it seems that my colleague Ahop added a stat here that I did not know about. He or no, I did, right? Was it this game he did this? Yes. Oh. Apparently against the Nets, which is kind of fitting, uh, he passed Jay Kidd for third all time in triple doubles with 108. That's, goat stuff. That's goat stuff. That's a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> he just has a long way to go to catch the next guy. But yeah. He'll get there. I think it's cool he did it against the Nets. That's kind of for sure interesting. Um, it, yeah. So the Thunder, like I said, we're down 75 93 entering the fourth. And then <laughs> uh, PG scored. Oh, wait, no, that's not 25. PG scored 25 in the fourth. That's what I was reading earlier. Um, and he went nine for 12 in the fourth as well. <laughs> so basically PG went off. Uh, yeah. He, he outscored Brooklyn 25 to 19. And he also had the game winning shot with what, like a couple seconds left or point something like that. Yeah. Point six. I don't know. Something like that. Um, yeah. Good for Paul George. I feel like we haven't seen a game like this from him in a long time. He's definitely had a few that were good games, but this is something else. This is like that 2012 Paul George. The pre-injury PG? Mm-hmm, the pre-basketball stanchion injury. Uh, I was watching that. It's been really good for him, though, I think, playing opposite Russ. Being able to to step back sometimes when he needs to, and then being able to have games like this because there's not as much focus on him. I mean, yeah. When you take out the trash, your team is less smelly. So, like, it makes sense. (laughs) I mean, as much as I do not condone your just pure bashing on Melo all the time, they're definitely better without him. (laughs) Which every team he's played with and been cut from is better without him, we've seen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hit hit Melo, stay a free agent, and just retire. Um, The Thunder right now are 16 and 7, which puts them at second in the Western Conference, which I think is really promising for them going forward. Granted, they can still get Andre Robertson back at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's still missing. Poor Andre Robertson. There ended up being a delay on his timeline, too, for coming back. So we'll see what that ends up looking like. Uh, the next up, last night, again, the Lakers beat the Spurs 121-113. These games, I watched a little bit of it. These games were always so entertaining. They played twice at the beginning of the season. Both were decided by, like, five points, and one went to, like, overtime. And now there's this game where it the score doesn't show it being very close, but it was back and forth really all game. Uh, LeBron dropped 42-5-6. and six. Uh, Zoe didn't he have 20 in the fourth quarter? Probably, I think. I'm I think pretty, I'm I remember, pretty sure he did. I was sleeping while this game was ending, but uh, I heard that the fourth quarter was where the Lakers turned it on. So, and Lakers is probably Braun. Uh, Zoe also had a good game, he dropped 19, 4, and 9, which post or like with LeBron now, that's probably one of his best games so far. Um, the Spurs will fall to 11 and 14 after that game. The Lakers move to 15 and nine, mm. which the Lakers is kind of unexpected with how they started. So good for them to kind of picking it up. Now they're what, like fifth in the West or something like that. Uh, yeah. 15 and nine. They're fifth in the West. Wow. That was off top. Go me. Uh, These West standings are just so confusing. No, I know. I was going to talk about that after I get through this real quick. 
Because that just reminded me. Uh, so the Spurs, like I mentioned, won the first two matchups at the beginning of the season. And then now it kind of seems like they've swapped roles where the Lakers are in stride and the Spurs are trying to catch up. And so obviously Lakers won last night. And then tomorrow or today, if you're listening to the podcast on Friday, is their next matchup, which is kind of weird. They played in L.A., flew to San, Diego, San Antonio, and now they're going to play in San Antonio on Friday. <laughs> so I never understand NBA schedules like that. It's kind of weird. but They don't make any sense. But yeah, let's go through these standings really quick. <laughs> go ahead with the West. It's really the West. So, uh, the so East is kind of expected a little bit. The East makes more sense, definitely. Um, Sands, the Celtics being in sixth, and the Pistons being in fourth. True. But... Uh, and the Wizards being real bad. But in the West, the Nuggets are first at 17 and 7, followed by the Thunder at 16 and 7, the Clippers, the Warriors are in fourth, Lakers fifth, Grizzlies sixth, Trailblazers seven, and the Mavericks eight. The Mavericks. The Pelicans, Pelicans are all the way down at 11, uh, 13 and 13. 12th is the Utah Jazz. With a less than 500 record, the Rockets are in 13th, also with a less than 500 record, and the Spurs are 11 and 14, sitting in the 14th spot. And the Suns are the only team that is expected to be where they're at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> last place in the West, and I think in the NBA at four and 20. I mean, like Kings, Timberwolves, like sitting at nine, ten. Okay, whatever. But other than that, this is kind of a mess. Yeah. I like how we said at the beginning of the season, like the Nuggets are a team to watch out for. Now they're in first place. So that was you. That was a good call. So that might be a, like a, a partial W. So we'll give <laughs> a V, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. V for victory. Uh, anyways, yeah. I said, I guess, it helps give me the credit. I was just going to give the pod credit, but. Uh, no, that was you. The, the Nuggets are an up-and-coming team, young. They got some pieces. And Michael Porter Jr. hasn't even played yet, so that's kind of terrified in itself. Do we know anything about his his timeline for returning? Do we know? Uh, well, there's a, this... there's a video of him raining threes at shoot-around, so that's Yeah, terrifying. I just saw that. That was <laughs> today or yesterday. Huh. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of timeline on him yet, but if he does return oh. this year, and even if he doesn't, and it's next year, they might be a problem, honestly. Is this real? What? Uh, there's this site, the Sports Daily. I don't know how real this is. Oh, I'd take it with a grain of salt, but what do they got? Apparently, Michael Porter Jr. is now dating Leangelo Ball's ex-girlfriend. Izzy Morris. No. Yeah. Boo. That's funny. Okay. I mean, he's not even playing, but he's scoring. All right. I feel it. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the West is all a disaster. And a lot of these teams, I feel like you want to say that as the season goes on, there'll be this evening out of, of trends. And maybe it'll start to make more sense. You know, the Warriors are going to move up. But outside of that, the Rockets just look bad. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I agree. Like, the, the, like, even though Steph was hurt, it's still surprising Warriors are at four. But yeah, the Rockets, they don't look like they're going to be doing anything anytime soon. I don't know. They got to fix something. I, I well, like, if, 
if this kind of continues their run that they're in right now, which isn't great, I could definitely see D'Antoni being fired but before before the trade deadline in February. If this continues, maybe. Yeah, and the thing, though, to remember is you say you're surprised the Warriors are in four, but they're one game back. It's not like they're in a distant fourth. I mean, these top six teams are all within two and a half games of first place. Mm-hmm. Well, I just mean, I guess I just mean like looking at it. It's just like, whoa. It does look funny. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the trade deadline. What else we got about trades? Trades. We have rumors because everybody loves rumors, especially high school kids. Rumor has it. Uh, the biggest rumor that I've seen so far and like the one that's like people are saying is like going to happen is uh, Trevor Ariza has been at the top of the rumors. He's seen as a top trade target for teams. Uh, however, it's like nothing's happened yet because he's not available until next Friday, 12-15. So I guess this makes sense because the Suns obviously need a lot of help and maybe that was kind of their incentive for picking up Trevor Ariza this offseason because he's still a guy that can give your team, you know, 15 and like six and six or something like that. And continues to play good defense. Yeah. I mean, he can light it up from three. He's a three and D guy, like easily. And he does both of those very well. So it's, it was surprising to me that he went to the Suns this summer, but if he gets traded, it wouldn't be surprising at all. <laughs> That'd make a lot of sense for both parties. Yeah. Because I'm sure he doesn't want to be losing on that team right now. Uh, To continue, though, Markel Fultz, who's been in uh, a lot of news as of late. There's talks of him actually going to the Suns for Ariza. Yeah. Which could just make the 76ers even better. (laughs) Scary as that is. It would make them better right now. Yeah. It's you wonder about in the future what it looks like, but it would make them better right now. You'd also wonder if they'd have to give up a little more like future draft picks or something because Markel's hurt and like, like the Suns would want some kind of insurance on him. You wonder too how much the Sixers want to shake up their roster. Yeah, I guess it just depends how the, if those rumors that we talked about last week of like, Markel seeing a specialist and his lawyer and, and like hinting at him being kind of upset at the 76ers organization. If that's all true, then you probably do want to get that guy out of the locker room. <laughs> um, you also wonder if that changes now that he knows for sure that he has an injury as opposed to whatever else they thought might've been going yeah, on. Yeah. So speaking of Markel and his injury, let's dive into that part. Uh, you can say this because you was right. Yeah. Um, it turns out that Markel is hurt and, Duh. I don't know how people really <laughs> believed that this was all the mental block. I think that's ridiculous. But uh, after being reviewed by a specialist, it turns out he has a thoracic nerve syndrome in his shoulder, uh, which is something that affects nerves between the neck and the shoulder, resulting in abnormal, abnormal functional movement and range of motion. Hence, his inability to lift the ball and actually get off a free throw cleanly. Um, I think this is great for Markel in that now he can rest assured that it's not him. There's there's more going on with his body that, that is affecting him as opposed to this just being him being shaken up or, or whatever. And hopefully this silences all that talk about 
him mentally as opposed to him physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, we're optimistic he can return from the issue within three to six weeks. Um, I don't know much about this diagnosis, but I don't know what a prognosis is. You know, is this something that people just bounce back from and it's all good? Is this something that's going to require extensive physical therapy? Is he going to be able to get that jumper that he had beforehand back? Well, to me, like seeing the state that he's in three to six weeks does not seem very long. It seems very short. (laughs) It does. And like that what you just told us about the injury just seems so unlikely like that. He's just going to be back that quickly and his shoulder is just going to be okay. So it'll be yeah. like the story just keeps continuing and we just have to keep waiting, but new stuff comes out. That's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, I want him back on the court already, you know? Well, it looks like treatment involves physical therapy and pain relief. So short of this being something that, requires another surgery which i'm gonna assume isn't the case if they're expecting three to six weeks maybe this is just something that needs more rest it needs the right kind of attention as opposed to him continuing to work through it which it seems like has been happening yeah because there was a point where he was looking really good and then it kind of went back downhill yeah so maybe it was rested and then it got overworked and now we're back down this rabbit hole where he's really struggling but people are just so quick to forget how why this guy is a number one draft pick i know like the games he's played in uh like they've been like what like six i don't know it seems like not a lot he's he's played so well in those games and he's done so so many explosive plays and good things it's just like oh yeah he's this freaking good as a rookie (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the guy can shoot the ball he can handle the ball he can pass he has the length to play great defense but it's just amazing to me how quickly it becomes oh he's a bust shipping we're done. Yeah. <sighs> He'll bounce back. It's the uh, the Philadelphia way. Get hurt, bounce back, be good. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of re-injuring things, Devin Booker re-injured his hamstring. Uh, another weird thing that happened was it was against the Lakers, and the first time that he injured it this season was against the Lakers. <laughs> but it was in October. That's why. So things like this need to stop happening because I'm starting to get – a little freaked out. <laughs> uh, I mean, is he really taking time to get healthy? If that's what I'm this saying, is just like this nagging recurrent thing. Like, I'm I, not I wouldn't put it past him to be like a young, hard-headed guy who wants to play and he wants to win, and I respect that. But you're not going to play very long if you just keep hurting yourself. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same leg or not. However, it, it, you hope that he takes more time to nurse it and get it better because they are four and 20 and they're not going to be doing anything anytime soon. Uh, That's just rebuilding this year and trying to like get yourself acclimated with DeAndre Ayton and, you know, the other rookie Mikhail Bridges and get some chemistry going and stuff. So it's really shitty basically that he got hurt again, but it happens. Uh, The Suns do have one of the top training uh, staff in the NBA or medical staff too. And so I think that, I mean, they should know what to do and tell me like, yo, just take your time. And also what I was going to mention with that was, I, that was another reason I forgot that Markel was rumored to go to the Suns because they have one of the best training staffs. <laughs> and- that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, 
your training staff can only do so much because part of what they do is these, they're these subjective reports from the players, right. About how they feel. Um, Booker did say, quote, I don't think I've played a healthy game this season. So just make sure my body gets right before I get back out there. That was after this injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this is it. You know, the whole situation set it like setting in for him a little bit where he realizes, like you said, he needs to actually be healthy. Yeah. This season doesn't really matter, bud. I know it feels like it, but it doesn't. You guys <laughs> no. are out already. Throw it so away. let DeAndre keep progressing as a player. Let TJ Warren get some buckets. Well, and... TJ Warren's out too. So, oh no. All right, you guys are screwed. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, his was like his back or something, though. It wasn't anything like big. It was just kind of like a stiffness thing, I think. Or no, it was, it that was dude's been hooping. It was his ankle. So he just tweaked his ankle a little bit. He'd be aight. He'd be aight. All right. Uh, no segue to this, but Kevin Durant, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> he was, for lack of a better word or term, was targeted this week uh, by the fans, which I loved, obviously. And this will tie into our for ball we know later, so stick around for that the end of the episode um the fans when he was playing atlanta on tuesday or wednesday or no last was it like sunday sunday or monday i think i don't know anyways they were playing atlanta and the fans while durant was at the free throw line started chanting draymond hates you like (laughs) very verbally everybody in the arena heard it there's no way durant didn't hear it (laughs) so that's just a big troll right there yeah. And it's a pretty great one. I, like, I guess when you're Atlanta and your team sucks, like, you're just like, hey, we'll just try to find some fun in the little things. <laughs> we'll just troll KD. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the only game that most of those fans will go to this year when they play the Warriors at home once. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, however, the next, very next night, he was uh, throwing the ball in on the sideline and someone had their camera out because 2018, and of course they did. <laughs> or their phone, I should say. And I, I, I tried really hard to hear what was said because someone you can hear someone yell something at him. You can't really make out what no, it is. No, you though. can't. It's, just... it's really hard. Uh, and KD turns around and goes, watch the game and shut up to a fan. <laughs> and then he turns back to the court. Well, he passes the ball in. Mm-hmm. And then he turns back with this just dorky looking smile on his face. Yeah, I did think it was funny. Like he, he kind of, like laughed as he said it you could hear him in the video laughing so i don't know if it was more of just like a joke thing because he's already been fined for saying shut the f up and watch the yeah. game <laughs> so maybe it was kind of more of a joking manner with this person or in his mind it was that i don't know either way it's just like or kd just the type of dude to laugh at his own joke eh, i wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> No, nah, he seems like that kind of dude, but no, nevertheless. I mean, he tweets about himself, so. I feel accounts. like this, the burner. No, nah, I feel like this one was all in good fun. <laughs> At least it appeared that way. You know, I think I think there's something to be said for players interacting with fans and, and little things like this, I think, are funny. Um, it's when they get out of hand and we're cursing at fans and whatever else. Is, it gets a little iffy. Yeah. But Katie's obviously not one to be shy about telling fans how he feels, which well, only when 
He's on Twitter sometimes because he used a burner. Yeah, or on the court where they can't touch him. <laughs> True. <sighs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, today, Bleacher Report released a way too early mock draft for the 2019 NBA draft. Uh, this is based, obviously, on current standings but for the number one pick i have a feeling it at this rate it's going to be the suns (laughs) so at number one bleacher report has zion williamson going to the suns that would be nuts and if he does dude this is like 76ers 2.0 that's gonna be a dirty team (laughs) like you got d book obviously at the two you got uh zion probably at the three or four I don't know. Four. Four, probably. Okay. Mikhail Bridges or TJ Warren, and then DeAndre Ayton. And then you need a point guard out of the free agency, I guess. Someone would probably want to sign there after seeing that team. Or you play Booker at the point. That's what they're doing. Yeah, but then they need another another guy. I don't know. Maybe the, that's, that's easier. Maybe the dude from France will actually do work because he has been doing okay. That's the, the whole point. France? Yeah, Okobo. Talked about him last uh, week. Ah, uh, okay. Just needed a uh, reminder. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think it's Zion that goes number one? Do you think that's just like a sealed, done deal? At this point, yeah. Like if, said, if, if it's the Suns, like 100%, yeah. If I'm the Suns, is he who I want? hmm I feel like, I yes. Think, I feel like they can go two ways with this. Do they want another for sure scorer? Because I, if I want a for sure NBA scorer, it's not Zion. Unless you're but, playing them down low. But like for like that reason that you're saying as far as down low, it's hard to imagine getting out-rebounded if you have Zion and DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> God, that's and they're terrifying. Both, they're big guys, and both of them can run the floor. And both of them can jump, too. Yes. Very well. So I feel like depending on which way the Suns want to go. But it, it definitely seems that regardless, Zion will be the number one See, pick. that's interesting to me because I was thinking more along the lines of, like, uh, is do you want to win right now or do you want to keep developing? Because Zion's not going to be, as far as I know, NBA ready to be able to just, to, you know, come off screens and shoot jumpers. He's going to come off screens oh, no, and he's going to no. be attacking the rim as hard as he can. So he's only going to get better. His ceiling is amazingly high. It's just going to take some time. It'll probably take him about two or three seasons to get where you want him to be. But so I think the Suns, that's the perfect team for him to go to because they're not 100% ready to be that team yet. I'm still not convinced he's going to be a first scoring option kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on any what point. he wants to develop and what he can develop. Because, you know, his handles aren't terrible. He's pretty shifty for as big as he is. The way he moves is impressive. So yeah, he, but... he'll be able to create his own shot if he so chooses, but he has to choose <laughs> and work yeah, on Yeah, I it. wouldn't be surprised if, if he was to the Suns first, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, number two, Chicago Bulls are slated right now to be in this spot. Uh, RJ Barrett is who uh, Bleacher Report has again, not really that far off. I could like 95% see this happening unless they decide that they want to go with like his teammate Cam Reddish. You know, all these guys are Duke guys, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, um, 
this guy is a pure scorer though. So he's oh, he's yeah. kind of like the Zion that's less explosive, but more, you know, three and not so much D. I guess I haven't seen him play defense, but he's just a scorer. Yeah, he's it's, yeah, it's, he's just a scorer, plain and simple, an NBA scorer. <laughs> yes, and I see. I think that's the difference. Is you mentioned it as do you want to win now or later? I just think of it more as sheer play style. I don't see Zion being a we need a bucket. He's the guy. Let's give it to him. I see RJ Barrett being that guy. Right. Yeah. It's going to be so weird to like, see how uh, Zion develops and like what happens. And then obviously RJ Barrett is a completely different story because he's a guy I feel like you can come in and just score right away. Average 20 a night. It's just his efficiency. That's in question. He's shooting 61% from the free throw line and he's taking 20 plus shots a game. A lot of the time and he can't make a layup. His clutch is not <laughs> looking great after that Gonzaga game. So no. regardless, this is a guy who's going to be a top five pick barring absolute catastrophe anyway. So two is not outlandish. Uh, moving on. Atlanta Hawks are slated at number three. Cam Reddish. It's another Duke guy. <laughs> That's weird. I would say he's like an RJ Barrett, but more efficient. They're, they have very similar games. I I think Cam's a little less explosive. Uh, right now, he's shooting forty three percent from deep. Um, that's oh, you know better efficiency right there. And then he's shooting about forty two percent everywhere else. So yeah, I could see that happening. The Hawks need a lot of people, a lot of pieces. He'd be a good fit there. Uh, number four, Cleveland Cavaliers are at that spot. Bull Bull is projected. This dude's there. a monster. I mean, he's going to be a star no matter where he goes. Uh, the Suns don't need him. Uh, Chicago Bulls. Ooh, that'd be kind of mean, though. <laughs> the Bulls don't really need him. And the, the Hawks could use him, so I guess he could go 3-2. It just depends could on you, what they want to do. Could you imagine, though, if the Suns really just said, we're just going to throw him a curve? You got DeAndre at seven one. You got Bull Bull at seven two out there running the seven floor. three. That's terrifying. <laughs> this is wrong. He's seven three. Anyways, uh, yeah, he's a monster. If he doesn't go four, he's going lower. Like he's going three or two. So, <laughs> oh, yes. this guy's not dropping very far. Uh, next up, just the skill set and the ceiling is nuts. Next up, number five, New York Knicks, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, out of US, USC. Not don't really know much about this guy. If I'm going to be completely honest, uh, he's six six. He's averaging fifty four percent from the field, which is unbelievable. <laughs> he's only eighteen too. Yeah, yeah that's so young. <laughs> uh, it says here that he's. Kind of uh, Kevin Knox, I think, is what they're getting at here. Type player. So, yeah. All right. We'll see. <laughs> Number six, Brooklyn Nets, Romeo Langford. We've talked about this guy. A-Hop's really high on this guy. Uh, really explosive. Hasn't been too efficient from deep so far this year, but definitely still a, a top 10 pick for sure. Uh, has, a, has a high ceiling as well. And the Nets, although they have... Um, God, Karis, 
There we go. Karis LeVert. You're struggling. And they have Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, you never know. You can always use another guard, I guess. Uh, seven, Miami Heat. Ja Morant from Murray State. I don't even know who this guy is. I'm not going to play. I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> he's shooting nine. He's nine for 27 from deep this year so far. His name's kind of tight. Uh, I think he's a senior because he has great production from Murray State. Uh, it says he'd... he's a sophomore. Oh, then why does it say he'd be the only player in more than? Oh, well, I read that completely wrong. Yeah, I read that he'd be the only player at 25 years of age. Wow. Okay. Anyway, this is an impressive stat, though. Keep going. He'd be the only player in more than 25 years to average 25, eight, and eight if he keeps up his current pace. That's nuts. A college player, 25, eight, eight. So this guy might be the real deal. <laughs> uh, next up at eight, Washington Wizards, Keldon Johnson out of Kentucky. Just a, a guy that you want, essentially. <laughs> he's he's to me he's kind of like a playmaker um but he also has a good jump shot so maybe if bradley beal gets shipped uh this guy can replace him that's my thoughts on that uh, they need to do something so mm-hmm. number nine the spurs which i don't see them staying at nine uh no nazir little uh we talked about this guy Really powerful, kind of reminds me of a Stanley Johnson. Six six two twenty. He's got an NBA body. He's ready, so he could be big time in the NBA. Um, next up, number ten. I'm going to stop here just so we can get to the next parts of the show. Uh, yeah. uh, DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia, small forward, power forward. Uh, he's averaging sixteen right now and five and a half boards, and he's shooting sixty five percent from inside the the arc and forty eight percent behind it. So, if he keeps that efficiency up, he might even slide further up. Just because you you always want efficiency in the NBA, especially in the three point era that we're in. For sure. So yeah, that's uh, that's the top ten of the mock draft. Obviously, it's going to switch around, but the, at least like the top six, seven guys are for sure going to be drafted in the top six or seven. <laughs> like, there's no there's no way that any kind of team. Sliding in there is going to change that. Excuse me. All right. Moving on, we got hip. Thanks for that breakdown. That was good. I like hearing about these guys and, and how they're doing. Oh, thanks. I try my best. Uh, that was like a little a, a semi-NCAA segment. <laughs> it was pretty much an NCAA segment. Okay. You added stuff at the beginning, though. <laughs> I pitched in here and there when I can. <laughs> Anyways, it's time for hip hoop. Hip hoop with a hop. All right. Uh, trying to keep y'all up on some recent drops uh, and some younger guys, new artists. So this album actually came out just two weeks ago. So if you're listening, you're not too late. Um, this is a guy on Dreamville, which is J. Cole's label. If you don't know that, you're whack. This is J.I.D. Jid, Jiddy Jid, a man of many names. Uh, this track is called Westbrook featuring ASAP Ferg from DiCaprio 2. Um, this is just a great album, top to bottom. I think he kind of came out of nowhere and really impressed people with this. Was number one on the iTunes charts. Um, people have him in the running for album of the year with this one, and I don't think that is an exaggeration by any means. So this particular track, Westbrook, does not explicitly 
reference Westbrook, um, but it's this braggadocio kind of upbeat track with these themes of undying loyalty to friends and family, which sounds very fitting to Westbrook. Uh, he's kind of known around the league for his loyalty to OKC, signing that five-year contract and kind of indicating his intent to stay in OKC just after KD left. Um, when KD had previously claimed loyalty and bashed on people for joining super teams and then went and did it. Um, okay, okay, let's not go down that road. <laughs> I know. I, I left it alone. Um, the chorus, however, kind of takes these shots at, at KD, I think is what is being intended. Um, there's some mentions of never changing up after coming up, essentially, which is an obvious reference to Durant, who, like Westbrook, was drafted into that OKC franchise, who is then Seattle, of course, RIP. Um, and while, while KD changed up and went to Golden State after he became successful, Westbrook is staying put and doing his thing. Uh, so let's run these lyrics and we'll go through them. All right. J.I.D. is call me Willie Beeman, but I'm about to team. Everybody eating if it's down to me. I'm going to do some shit because I never seen bitch. I dunked a three. It's a pretty short snippet, but there's there's a decent amount of content in there. So he It's got to be about Westbrook if you're talking about ball. Of course. <laughs> All right. So he got J.I.D. or call me Willie Beeman, but I'm about the team. Everybody eating. If it's down to me, I'm going to do some ish ninjas ain't never seen. I'm going to dunk the three. So this is. This is dope bars right here. All right, so uh, J.I.D. or call me Willie Beeman. So Rap Genius will have you believe that this Willie Beeman reference is talking about a New York Giants cornerback in the mid-'90s um, who's kind of just known for being a self-absorbed kind of dude after he got famous. Sick. Um, yeah, pretty tight, right? That's a cool <laughs> thing to be known for. Um, I think that's not at all what jdj was going for here i think this is a reference to the movie any given sunday are you familiar with that nate uh i don't think so unfortunately um it sounds familiar but i've never seen it i'm sure everyone's heard of it um hip hoop sidebar j cole's got a line of mixtapes called any given sunday they're pretty dope so you should check those out um (laughs) but i think this is a reference to jamie fox's character willie beeman um Mm. who was the quarterback for the team who pissed off the team and the coach with the way he acted, uh, including like him shooting a rap music video and all these ridiculous things, which ended up getting him benched. Um, He later realized that he was messing up and changed his ways and was able to return to the team when they needed him most. Um, Westbrook actually wore a Willie Beeman jersey to the arena in February 2017. This was KD's first game back in OKC after he had gone to Golden State. You know, I'd be doing that research. So uh, people tried to make a lot of claims as to how the jersey thing was about KD. It doesn't seem there's any real apparent connection there um, outside of it just being dope and Westbrook being himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Either way you spin it, though, whether it's the any given Sunday character or the, the Giants cornerback, J.I.D. is using Beeman as the stand-in for someone who's cocky, egocentric, kind of all about themselves. Uh, and then he kind of distances himself from that in this next bar uh, where he says, um, but I'm about the team, everybody eating. So instead of being all about himself, he's about his team. If he's eating, everybody's eating, uh, which I would assume he's eating well with how much this album is blowing up right now. Um, this next bar, if it's down to me, I'm going to do some ish ninjas ain't never seen so if it's down to me could mean one of two things um it could kind of mean that he's the only one in his squad who can really put on he's the last one left with a chance to do it 
I think more likely is he's talking about he's the last person who can save rap. This is a super common theme in hip hop. People saying hip hop is dead, rap is dead, um, which I think stems from all this mumble stuff that you be hearing on the radio. Um, and the fact that people think that that's hot, which it's not. Um, Cole raps about that a lot. Um, and Jiz kind of saying it's up to him to save hip hop. Uh, he takes this kind of like trappy style that you hear so much of this mumble rap over, and he really adds this lyricism and substance to it, which I think is impressive. So in that way, he could be saving this trap kind of style. Uh, the next bar, though, he says, if it is down to him, he's going to do something people ain't never seen. He's going to dunk the three. Um, so he's just kind of wilding out. It's extra. Uh, he's doing some crazy stuff that's absolutely new and unheard of because that's what it takes to be the best at what you do. So this is just a small snippet of the kind of lyricism that the Jid will provide. Uh, like I said, this is four bars. This is eight seconds of this track. And I just gave you a good probably six or seven minutes of explanation content on it. So <laughs> uh, if you're somebody who likes to vibe out to your music, but also appreciates there being layers and levels to it, if you really care to listen, check out DiCaprio too. Like I said, just dropped a couple weeks ago. He's got another track called Off D's with a J. Cole feature. He absolutely snaps. He's got a Joey Badass feature. All in all, it's just a killer project. So check it out. This track was Westbrook, Jiddy Jid. All right. Sweet. It's another riveting A-hop hip hoop. Um, before we move on to the For Ball We Know segment, unfortunately, there's some news that just came out. And that unfortunate news is... Uh, LeBron wants Melo on the Lakers. No! <laughs> so, Why? just when the Lakers Why? start to turn it around. Oh, my gosh. Oh, why, oh, why? You know, here's something you're not going to like, but here's here's my thought. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me just tell you, LeBron James, this is, this is like the quote from, like, you know, sources, etc. LeBron James believes Carmelo Anthony can be a contributor on the Lakers. So go ahead. And what I was going to say is anybody in the whole world can put Melo in his place. It's LeBron James. In terms of like making him better because he's LeBron James, he makes everybody better or well, he makes everybody better in terms of Melo not being an idiot and thinking he should start and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like he's pulled back from that a little bit in, with the Houston thing, which is great. Um, I don't think the Lakers have a ton of shooting. And honestly, if LeBron can just hook Melo up with some spot-up shots, which is what LeBron does best, mm-hmm. I just don't think Melo can keep up with their team the way they run. No, he's going to th- be in their three possessions, and you're going to have to come out. I, yeah, uh, I mean, in the past, it's always been LeBron's team, the LeBron this. I feel like Magic has more of a say in what happens than other GMs have had in the past. So I, Magic Johnson, yeah. I, I'm hoping Magic's like, okay, I'm not an idiot. This guy sucks. I don't care if he's your friend. Like, this is a business. Like, <laughs> I hope he plays, like, you know, good cop, bad cop with him and just, you know, just says, like, listen, I love you. I love Melo, but this is the reality. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wonder in what kind of a manner this came out too. Yeah. Did LeBron say it in an interview? Did he get asked about it? Is this a rumor? Is this somebody said that LeBron said? 
Because I, of course, he wants Melo on his team. They're homies. Like, yeah, okay, that's nice that you want your friend to not be out of work. But I don't know. <laughs> Melo has not proven much to me of late. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't breaking know. for ball we know news. Uh huh. I wish I could look more into it because it's on the Athletic, which is a paid uh, sports website or like. Yeah, articles. So there's no way to tell. Anyways, uh, now I'm kind of just sad that LeBron said that. (laughs) Moving for ball, we know the last segment. You know what it is. Our opinions. uh, Well, our facts, kind of. This has been something Ahop and I have noticed in recent weeks, and. it's interesting. It's an interesting topic, really. So, see episode ten, yeah. titled "Why Is Everyone So Sensitive?" Seriously. So, there's been a lot of outbursts in the league as of late. Uh, a hop found a few of these that I overlooked as outbursts because I was just like used to it now. So, the first it's one, the norm. Yeah, the first one being Tristan Thompson flipped off and some Nets fans during a game, and. Patrick Beverly threw a ball at a fan, even though it was actually a hard bounce pass, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, I actually saw the video. He, he oh no, though it was a bounce pass that it was like with a little, you know, a little extra on it. But these dudes could probably zip a bounce pass at you, though. Yeah, but the, and then the dude sitting courtside is probably some tech nerd that doesn't know how to play basketball and just took Harsh. it to the face, to the dome. Uh, and then the other two that I knew about and we've actually talked about was Russ was smacking phones out of fa- uh, fans' hands. Like, and they didn't even say anything. One, it happened more than once, too. Yeah, uh, that was bad. I will acknowledge this. I think one, a fan was actually talking about him. And the other one, he was just taking a picture of him, but he just like smacked that out of his hand. So that was he didn't want his picture taken, I guess. And then KD obviously was fine for saying, uh, "Shut the f up" to a fan and watch the game. Uh, So we've noticed this is probably just a small selection too. I'm sure there's several more. Yes, there's definitely. This is just this season. (laughs) Uh, Don't even get started on last season, but. So the thing is, people could say, like, oh, the fans need to respect the game. You know, they need to realize they can't really just yell whatever they want at players. But like we said, some of them are just, you know, taking pictures. It's not even like they're not doing anything, you know. Uh, yeah. So the football we know is that the players are too sensitive and they just need to realize their territory, the, the business that they're in. And it kind of comes with the territory. Um, having fans all up in your business, essentially. Yeah, it's like I said, I think it's fun sometimes. You know, you think of the stories with on the sideline and mm-hmm. players interacting with them, and it, it's fun. And whether you're a Spike Lee or you're just a, an everyday fan, you're not a famous person. I think when you're sitting courtside, sure, you're going to talk to the players and sure, you're going to interact with them. And everyone thinks it's cool when someone's talking crap. And then I remember like D Wade hit a, a jumper to steal a game and pointed at a guy on the sideline. And it's, oh, that's. That's part of the game. That's fun. But I'm sure fans say too much. I'm sure they say things that are unacceptable. But like you said, this is this is just part of it. Mm-hmm. If you're a player, like 
these these fans are saying things to bring you out of your element and to make you play worse. Yep. You got to expect that. You got to have thicker skin. You do. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying that fans should do these things, but. And sometimes they do go too far, but uh, you know, I feel like at some point they've heard it all, you know, the players, <laughs> like there's, yeah. there's only so much you could say, you know, I'm curious to what it looks like on the other end. So we see the players react and we see the repercussions that they incur. We don't know what happens with fans. If there are fans that are saying things that are really bad, are they getting kicked out? Are they getting suspended from attending games? Are things happening to them? They could be. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I've seen it. They are. But But I agree. For ball, we know y'all got to buck up, guys. Seriously. This is this is a random dude on the sideline. You are like a multi-millionaire. <laughs> if I was in the league, I would find a fan talking ish courtside every game and just chirp with him the whole game for fun. Like <laughs> I love doing that kind of stuff. Like it's fun. It's like it doesn't have to be hatred. It could just be like all in good fun, you know? Because you know, like every single one of these fans, if they're saying something mean to you, you go up after the game, be like, oh, like, hey, you know, you're trying to get me out of my element. They just like smile and say, yeah, can I have a picture? Like, they wouldn't be like, no, screw you, go away. You know, they don't act. Um, some of them might, but <laughs> most, okay, like 90% of them don't actually hate these guys. They're just like, like you said, trying to get under their head, in their heads. And so their team can win. And like, kind of like Lakers or LeBron going to the Lakers, you know, Lakers fans really didn't like LeBron because people were trying to compare him to Kobe. And then LeBron comes to their team and they're like, Oh, well actually this guy's pretty freaking good. You know, and now they're cheering for him. <laughs> so yeah, usually they don't actually hate the player. It's kind of just, they hate the game, you know? Well, and it's, <laughs> it's not like, it's not about you insert NBA player name, right? <laughs> it, it, it really isn't. It's not personal. It's, these people don't actually care what you do with your life, but like, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. As someone who works at a place where I get spit at and called every name in the whole world, it's not about you. Hey, Hop's a preschool teacher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, that's definitely not true. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's just, I could talk about this all day because it's so interesting. It's just like, how do you just play for so long? And some of the guys, it's like, they've never had an incident like this at all. Like, you know, they've been in the league for X amount of years. And then all of a sudden now they're just like lashing out at people. They're just popping off. I don't don't know if it's just contagious. Like they see, you know, their peers do it, teammates, whatever. And so they're like, Oh, I mean, if they're doing, I'm going to do it. I don't know. Or if it's like a subconscious thing, like they saw a guy do it. So then they decided to do it. But unknowingly it was because of that reason you can get into, or maybe it's just getting more toxic. I don't know. The world's kind of broken, so maybe people are just meaner. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But like I said, I feel like there's only so much you could say, and then these guys, you know, have heard it all, kind of thing. But who knows? Though bad day, you respond differently. Yeah, everybody sometimes. has a bad day at work, but it's a different business. You're in the entertainment business. People want to make you mad, and they want to throw you off your game. It comes with the territory. That's kind of the final thing. The whole summary, I guess, of what we're talking about. It comes to the territory. Get some thick skin. (laughs) And we'll continue to keep you updated on players getting pissed and getting in trouble. Because it is entertaining for us. (laughs) Sadly, yes. (laughs) And with that, the episode's over. 29 in the books. Chalk it up. Slight work right there. 
the work is always slight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. This was a great episode. I had a good time. Did you have a good time, Ahan? Always. He. Awesome. Well, for those of you that are uh, video game nerds, uh, Smash Bros. comes out today that you're listening to this. So get on Woo! that. That's what Ahan and I are going to be doing. We're not going to be you know, watching too much basketball the next few days here. <laughs> Ball is life, but I don't know. So is Smash Bros. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll be doing that. Add me on Switch. I'll give you that work with Falco. This is a challenge to anybody listening. Link your friend code right now off the top of your head. <laughs> you about to get that work. <laughs> that 20-digit code, though. Uh, yeah. Easy. I want to have a talk with you all listeners because no one's reviewing our pod. I can see it. You know this, right? And I tell you every week to go review it. Give us a rating. I don't even care if it's like a three. Just do it. You know, or just nice. hit us up. If there's things you want to hear, hit us up personally. That's cool. We we're linked. We're in the bio. Yeah, I need to put Holla. I need to put a suggestion box in the description or something. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Anyways, make sure Linda. Whoa, words. Make sure to describe. Gosh, make sure to subscribe so that you know when the pod drops at six a.m. every Friday. And you can be part of the elite club that listens as soon as the pod drops every Friday. Well, I guess I'll say uh, five Pacific, six Mountain, eight Eastern. Damn, that was yes. that was hard to do. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised I did it that fast. Anyways, we'll catch y'all next week. It's been fun. It's been Nate. It's been Hop. And uh, we're going to hippity hop out of here. See ya. Boo. Adios. <laughs> Man, I'm 75 and still alive. Like, damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb because I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at I said, son, go get that bond, let me show you who you are I said, this is my legacy, I leave it for you And it's something that's a part of me, now a part of you too And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport If there ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man I handed in the rock like I put the world in his hands and now he's dribbling yeah yeah and now he's dribbling yeah yeah and now he's dribbling yeah he put some shots up and he's dribbling